What's going on, people? Welcome back, welcome back. Yes, yes, yes. Back with another one, myself, Lex. And Shubs. And we have a very special guest here. Drum roll, please. The infamous... Rebecca Tembo. Solid. So, Rebecca, like, just give us a brief introduction, kind of who you are, what you do, and we'll take it from there. Okay, my name is Rebecca Tembo. I'm 23 years old from South London. Um, I'm a fashion designer, and I have a brand called Rebecca Tembo, which specializes in luxury jumpsuits. And I also have a platform called the Entry Platform, which helps aspiring designers just start their businesses, basically. Amazing, amazing. So where did it all start? Like the fashion design, like when did you start getting into fashion or designing as well? Like what's the what's the story behind Rebecca Tembo? Okay, so it started when I was like super young. My mom's a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. Um, so every year we'd go to like Appointings in like Wales or Sussex somewhere. And it'll be like a one week retreat, like religious kind of stuff. <laughs> and I would always draw the same dress. Like, I don't know where I saw this dress, but it was like an evening gown. Um, so as I grew older, I was like, okay, I, I can draw. I want to do fashion. But my parents were like, mm, it's not something that you can probably succeed in. Mm. Um, and... Then I went down like that very academic route. So I'm very academic. Um, And then in secondary school, I had an opportunity to go to this school called the Fashion Retail Academy for a week to do um, like a, I think it was like the 2012 Olympics. So there was some sort of thing going on. Um, So I went there and I was just like, this is just a bit of me, like city life, fashion, everything. I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. Um, Then when it came to applying for like sixth form and everything, um, I wanted to go to like a school that would let me study fashion. But my dad specifically said, you're black, you're not going to make it in fashion. Yeah, and I was like, okay. So I did like five A-levels um, wow. in college. But then I left after one year. There was like a whole, like, I'm just going to say spiritual situation that happened mm. that just mm. confirmed that I'm meant to do fashion. Good. So I was just like, I'm very stubborn. I was like to my parents, like, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going back to college. Yeah. I'm going to go study fashion. You yeah, I didn't speak to them for like three weeks and we live in the same house. Um, but I got into the fashion school, um, convinced them to sign the papers eventually, mainly because they just wanted to speak to me. And yeah. um, <laughs> I went to fashion school and it was difficult. Um, but that's basically where I started learning like the basics mm-hmm. of like sewing, the foundations and stuff. Um and then one day before I was working at Tesco's and FNF, so before my shifts, I just went on YouTube and I was like, let me just figure out how to make a dress. So I just followed the YouTube tutorial, made a dress, posted it on social media, and I just got clients from there. And that's mm. how it started. That's amazing. So like amazing. what what is fashion school actually like? Because I've just seen people just carrying their portfolios of drawings mm. and all that, do you know what I'm saying? So I've yeah. never actually seen it. So what is it like? <laughs> it's interesting. Mm. Um I liked it in the sense that I love um, I was going to say the lifestyle But it was really nice Like just going into the city And just being inspired And meeting mm-hmm. people That I would never ever meet yeah. Had I not gone to that school mm-hmm. um, But it is probably What you expect it to be In the sense that It's very clicky No one really talks to anybody Like you have like Maybe three friends That you're super close with mm-hmm. And that's it You don't mm-hmm. mingle with anybody mm-hmm. um, Which is weird Because in fashion You have to know people yeah. um, But anyways We're young So um, 
I don't think it's necessary because I feel like design is something that you kind of have in you. But I feel like for me, I'm happy I went because I feel like I'd always think, oh, what if, what if? And I probably would have gone at a later stage. Um, And now I I don't think I didn't do a degree or anything. So I wouldn't like go back into education. Um, But it's, yeah, it's it's very clicky and you Mm -hmm. just have to work really hard. Everyone's very talented and very hardworking. So like if you slip, like no one's coming to catch you. Like no one cares. The teachers don't care. So um, when did you kind of decide to start your own business or was it just from when you started getting clients, you just said like, okay, then we'll just keep on doing it. But Mm -hmm. when did you make the decision that this is what I'm doing full time? Yeah, so um, hmm. when I made that dress and posted on social media and got clients from there, I just said yes to everybody. I didn't know how to sew properly, but I was like, it's money, so I'm just going to do it. Sure. Um, so that was very, very difficult because when you don't know how to do stuff and you're like learning on the job and you've got deadlines, it's like, it's very hard. So like for a good three years, I was definitely like depressed because I could not handle like the pressure of yeah. it. And I was 18 at the time as well. So um, what was the question? Um, just like when did you decide oh, to go full-time, full-time in business? Okay, so, okay, so it happened when... Okay, like I said, I was I got really depressed and um I basically didn't even finish fashion school. I nearly finished. I had like two months left, but I did not like I was on like medication. I couldn't oh, like okay. get up and go to mm. school. So um was it just being overwhelmed with everything going yeah, on. Yeah, like there was just a lot. Yeah. I, I later like understood why I went through it, but mm-hmm. at the time, 19, I don't know what's going on. For sure. Um, so I stopped going and I was going like maybe once a month just to like show my face or whatever, but really should be there like four days a week. Um but at that time, I, I had all these clients. So I was just doing all their stuff. And I left my job at All Saints. So I was mm. literally just relying on that. But at, you're young. So like also had my parents yeah. support yeah, kind of a bit. Yeah, like at least I'm going to my house like yeah. where my family live, you know. Mm. Um, so then after a while of being broke, I <laughs> went and got a job again. And I was like working in retail. And that was okay. Like just part time. Yeah. Um, I think I was working... And like Carnaby Street, and then I worked at Selfridges, mm-hmm. um, and that was good. And then I think it was after Selfridges, I got a proper job, like a proper job in fashion in okay. Savile Row. Um, so that really helps me. Like my job was so good, and I learned so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like December when I completely went full time on my business. Um, and yeah, yeah, just no, been winging it. That's so <laughs> good. December, yeah. not December last year. Yeah, last year. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's and, solid. That's solid. And I asked, and we we said it as well on a podcast because there was a point when I quit my job and mm. I was like, I'm gonna be a full time entrepreneur, mm. whatever. Mm. But like four months after, I took an opportunity to like work in a like bigger brand, and mm. like I say it all the time, like you don't know what you don't know. So mm. there's so much kind of like you can benefit from working from a bigger organization and yeah. see what it takes mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. really build like a sustainable business that yeah. can grow and scale as well. So that's really good that you made that decision. So. Um, what exactly does it take um, to be like a fashion designer or to like have a fashion business? Because you have like kind of your side, which is more luxury, kind of like made for one person and stuff like that. But you also have like the kind of generic printed ones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what does it take to kind of run a, a fashion business and like what does it entail? You need work ethic. Yeah, for sure. Um, funny enough, I had a conversation this morning with another like fashion designer friend and um, we were talking about like what we've, what we've been going through and stuff and um, that there's no like way to skip anything. Like yeah, you actually fun. have to work really hard and really hard means like sometimes, I hate to say it, but like you're not really going to sleep that much. Mm-hmm. 
like your friends don't really understand what's going on. You kind of have to like ghost them, not in a bad way, but yeah. just like you just need to be alone and like just mm-hmm. do your thing. Um, and you need to be like business savvy. I feel yeah. like where loads of designers go wrong is that they are either looking for like clout, like they want social media, yeah, like retweets and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Or they're just like, I'm just a designer. I don't care about the business side. I don't understand yeah. numbers. I don't understand marketing. And that's why I started the entry because yeah. I saw that. And I was like, I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship as well. Probably even a bit more than fashion. Yeah. So I wanted to just help people understand like you do need to know your numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make money. A lot of people assume whether it's fashion or just being creative that you're going to be broke. Yeah. And okay, that period will happen. Yeah. But um, I truly believe you can make money There's if you're smart. There's a lot smart. of money out here to be made. Yeah. Like- Exactly. Reese Bar is a great example. Like, mm. he has a fashion brand that's yeah. turning over two million a month sure. in a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and they're hiring in a yeah. pandemic. So, like, yeah, but definitely. he's just a smart guy. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, where did you kind of learn this kind of information? Was it kind of just like learning on a job, or like you said, you also worked another job, so you saw kind of the behind the scenes, but mm. like, was it just reading books and stuff like that? Where did you yeah, kind of understand? Yeah, I read a lot of books yeah. and I feel like I remember my mom bought me like that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, but like the teen version. Yeah. So I read it when I was younger and I was like, oh, I really like these kind of books. Mm-hmm. And then I read, um, I think we had The Seven, the, the seven Habits of Highly Successful yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. So we had that in the house, read that too. And I was like, okay, this is like my kind of thing. And I've always had this obsession of just wanting to be like the best mm-hmm. and be the best version of myself. Um, like when I was younger, like, you know, WikiHow, I'll be like, how to be like sassy, how to be this, how to be that. I was like in the secondary school. Um, So I've always had that kind of obsession and the books, I think just naturally like grew on me Mm. and listened to podcasts as well. And then I guess with my job in fashion, like I kind of already knew um, some business things from there, but I fortunately got to work a lot with the CFO and the CEO. Um, So I... You pick up what you don't learn in books, which is, I think, communication is, like, mm-hmm. a big one. Um, I understood investment a lot more. I understood, like, leadership and teamwork because you're actually working yeah. with people. Like, how do you keep them motivated? And what makes people, like, miserable? Because, like, people always, like, complain about their jobs. Yeah. So that was interesting to see, like, as a leader in the future. Um and I learned a lot of what not to do, yeah. like so much. And I made my mistakes with their money. So, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's yeah. the best thing, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. But oh, now if sure. someone made their mistakes with my money, yeah, I'd not yeah, be yeah. happy. No, I get you. <laughs> no, I get you. So um, also, like one thing that I always try and talk about or share kind of information on is business systems. Mm-hmm. So do you have any kind of systems that really help you to kind of systemize your business, like, not make it as overwhelming because like you said like it can get super overwhelming everything get on top of you and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so is there kind of any habits or systems that you have in place to make sure that everything is kind of smooth if you if you know what I mean yeah so we don't have like any like technology which helps with those kind of systems um but there's stuff that you kind of have to put into place where like there's a lot of excel spreadsheets um but then there's quite a bit of delegating so um for like every process like even if it's like shipping or like even just how to wrap something or how to respond to someone like I've literally written down step by step Mm -hmm. what to do and I give that to my intern and she just does it obviously I have to like train her and all of that but what that does is that it makes my time like I have a bit more time um I can be a bit more free and focus on like other things um and she can just like handle yeah whatever so like she'll know like okay we need to ship something we need to gather all our stuff log into UPS 
goes to this mm-hmm. page on UPS, put all this information in. Oh, I was going to the USA, free commercial invoices, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but, and we also try to do things efficiently. So mm-hmm. I print all my orders on like A4 card. Okay. And before we'll do like one by one like as the um, shipments went. But now we do like, when we open the store, we probably get a few orders and we'll just batch print everything and print all the labels and everything. So we're literally just ready and we're just yeah. waiting for the jumpsuit to be made and just nice. sent. So yeah, just doing things in batches yeah, really no, helps. Actually good. So like essentially you're... you're I was re- going to ask, sorry, do you come up with the designs or is yeah. it like, oh, so then you'll make the designs and then give it to like your intern to kind of get it manufactured. Like how does yeah. it work basically? So... We have like two lines. So there's luxury and there's um, lounge. So luxury, the price point is about 300 to 500, 600. Um, bespoke is probably 700 plus. So with that, the, um, the customer orders and then we order the fabric. Well, I order the fabric and send it to um, a seamstress to make because that's like my clients there are very, you know, that kind of person. Yeah, so, I get you. Um no mistakes like it has to be absolutely perfect Mm. with loungewear it's so much more easier to make it probably take me about two hours each to make um so um what i do let's say like i open the store for like two days Mm -hmm. probably get about 20 to 30 orders in those two days and then um i would order all the fabrics so ordering like rolls and rolls of fabric zips everything and put all the shipping money aside as well and most of the orders go to america so like you have to bear that in mind um and then i would literally go one by one and make each piece so one by one (laughs) by hand yeah really yeah it's been crazy so i was saying like it was like my first day off Mm, well it wasn't a day off really because i was just working from home (laughs) off off the back of that question yeah i've got two questions by the way you said you open and close the store, right? Mm-hmm. So you're telling me, so like, how long would you open the store for? And then why do you open it and close it? Because um, there's only so much I can handle as mm-hmm. one person. So I close it when I'm like, this is like too much. But it's something I've only started doing recently. So yeah. like last month, there was like 50 orders in one day and I'm making them. So <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, it was just like a timing thing. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, like I'll open it. And then once I hit like my maximum, then I'll close it and then reopen. So does we're trying to do- with demand as well? Because it kind of like- it kind must increase like, yeah, the market. You, you yeah, gotta yeah. be fast and stuff like it, that. It so. does help. Like I always get scared every time I open it. Like what about yeah. if nobody like buys it? But it always, yeah, it always yeah. does pretty good. Mm. So, mm, um, cool. but it's taken me a long time to get to that stage mm-hmm. where I can do that. And, and do you mean like online right? shop or do you yeah? Mean, like, a when physical... I say close, I just mean like I mark everything as sold out. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean. yeah. <laughs> so no one can buy anything yeah. besides like the luxury stuff. That's fine. So I'm not gonna make them. My second question is, what's your? So I imagine you you come up with the design yourself, come up with the concept yourself, right? Draw them up, but what, what's what's your creative process? What what's that like? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean like could you be driving? You just see this is far fetched, but see a brick wall and think, oh, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> uh, draw inspiration yeah. from that. Do you I mean? don't feel like I'm inspired by like stuff like the ordinary person. Like, they'll go to like a museum and be like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this art is so mm-hmm. beautiful, and I I can't see what they're seeing. Yeah, but I feel like I'm inspired. I'm always inspired by my future self. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of like visualization. Like I'm extremely ambitious. I mm-hmm. want a nice life. And I always put myself in places that I want to be. And mm-hmm. I think, what would she be wearing? Yeah. And obviously that could be influenced by people that are already in that yeah. position. I look at the way they walk, the way they talk, the kind of clothes they wear, how they express themselves. And I think now what's probably made lounge uh, quite doing, what's probably made lounge do quite well mm-hmm. is that um, a lot of women are in a stage where they're very like, they're aspiring for more. Mm-hmm. So when they... Um, 
like shop. They want to buy stuff that makes them feel like, oh, I'm like going yeah, to brunch sure. in Knightsbridge, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm, and I feel like because amazing. I'm like that, yeah. um, and I, I know I like to do those kind of things, it's easier to design because I kind of know who that yeah. person is. No, so, um, yeah, but when it comes to like, the luxury line, mm-hmm. I feel like I just need to sit down and gather loads of inspiration and then just kind of sketch from there. But I still think about like who yeah. I want to be, basically. Uh, I've, oh, I've got cool. one more question, right? Um, I must have looked on your page and I saw that you were in a jumpsuit. Had like a massive bow in it. I think it was like black. It looked like a bow anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, right, oh, like, yeah. that's, that's mm-hmm. actually quite it's quite different. Like, I've actually haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you ensure that your that your your product is better than your competitors? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do um, is like I go into Selfridges and Harris and I just mm-hmm. try on their stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, this is not good or this is great or I like I like this fabric, and then you can go on. Um, online and just find out what fabric they use basically Um, but ultimately it just comes down to quality like because I've been doing it for a while I know when something is good and when something isn't Um, Mm -hmm. so quality um, you can do your best with fit Um, obviously not everybody fits everything Mm -hmm. but as you grow older, especially like women, we start to just get things tailored like we know okay those Mm -hmm. jeans are going to fit perfectly Mm -hmm. let me just go and get them tailored or that suit's not going to be perfect but you go and fix it you know so it's no longer a thing where it's like oh my god it has to fit to the t at least when you spend some money on it if it's like pretty little thing or something then you just return it but when you spend like over 200 pounds or something you're probably gonna get it altered if you can like to your size um but yeah you just have to go and like look at other brands see like what they're doing and also think about what you can realistically do Mm -hmm. because to sell stuff although it sounds like oh my god like 500 pounds for jumpsuit Mm. like the profit isn't that much because Mm, i have to pay i have to pay the seems just so much money Mm. because i know that that quality would be amazing and the fabric is all from the uk mainly Mm. london Mm. So that's also like a yeah, and also um, I think just being your authentic self and like people buy into you as well, which is what kind of why like people would go to you rather than a a competitor as well. Mm. So I feel like that has a huge part to play as well. I was gonna ask like, how do you incorporate plus size women? Because I know they have a problem with like Mm -hmm. sizing and um, just finding things that fit them. Basically, like how do you incorporate? those kind yeah. of women a lot of plus size um customers they just send their measurements through um okay. however it's something that i know that i need to work on because mm-hmm. especially like in the jumpsuits like when you see them it's either on me or on somebody that kind of like kind of slim yeah. yeah and people will just kind of buy what they feel like they can imagine themselves in so um there was there's a girl called Visaya who owns kai collective and she was saying how until she put one of her dresses on a plus size model, like she was literally not selling any pieces. Mm. So like the larges and the, the extra larges, I don't really sell that much of because they haven't seen anybody that looks like them. But it's something that I know that I need to do because yeah. you have to be inclusive. Exactly. And everybody deserves to look nice. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, but when I do get them, they typically like, they might order extra large, but then they'll put in the notes, um, my waist is this, my hips is this. And I just like okay. make it to that. So yeah. you have like, in, like you'll receive instructions from the clients like, yeah. oh, um, can you just tape it in a little bit? Da, da, da. Yeah, like they'll give me like specific measurements. Right, well, I just okay. need like their waist and their hips, but the fabric is stretchy, so it's mm. quite accommodating to any size, anyways. Um, but I guess yeah, that helps. But now it's just like actually letting them see themselves in the pieces through like models and. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not like you click small, medium, large, or whatnot. It's just like, or is that how is that how it's done? Like, um, so lounges like extra small, extra large. Okay, and then um. Luxury is, I think, size. I have a size four, size six to size twenty-two. Okay. I think the prob- the biggest order size order that I've ever gotten is probably like an eighteen. Mm. Um, so it doesn't really go like 
that far on. But I mean, some luxury brands only got up to 14. So. No, I get you. Wait, just for, for our male listeners, because these sizes going over my head. <laughs> Size 18, is that double XL? Is that large? Is that XL? I'll say it's like extra. double double XL. Double XL. Double XL. Yeah. So it's like extra large. Like. No, I think extra large is probably what people say 14 to 16, which mm. isn't actually extra large, but when you think of size and like a small is eight to ten. Yeah. Medium is like ten like to twelve, 10. that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Large twelve to fourteen. So XL okay, would be yeah. fourteen to sixteen. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, I also have another question. So you said like your price is from like two hundred plus to <laughs> 700 maybe more depending on whether it's like bespoke and stuff like that so like i i used to have this issue i probably still have this issue but when it comes to pricing like how do you kind of justify your pricing how do you kind of like price it at a price that is that works well for you mm-hmm. without really like it's, it's a luxury brand right so i'm sure that is really good that you got a price at that that point but how what was the full process did you ever think like Maybe this is too much Or maybe stuff like that Like how do you Kind of get to that point Where you're comfortable enough To say yeah This dress is 700 pounds Do you know what I'm um, saying It's been a process mm-hmm. I feel like When I um, started The luxury stuff um, That was hard In fact When I started in general I was charging like 40 pounds Yeah um, Like labour And then you just like Add the fabric on top Which mm-hmm. is like just really bad Like you literally Don't make any money yeah. And I didn't really know How much fabric costs Or like most of the time Would eat into that 40 pounds so I wasn't mm-hmm. actually Making any money um, But I've always Liked nice things So I knew that I wanted a luxury brand um, And I, was, I saw like My competitors Their price points So you, you know You do all of that research um, But then there was That kind of like nagging thought where I remember like my dad saying like you're black you're not gonna make it and in in um, luxury fashion you don't really see anybody that like looks like you that mm-hmm. has a brand Virgil Abloh doesn't count because he doesn't actually own the company yeah. so um, wait you don't he don't own the company no he's just a yeah does he design yeah. he does des- he's a creative director so you have yeah. like a team of designers right, okay, and you just yeah. kind of say yes no and you know give your like input into it um, not to discredit his work he's worked extremely no, hard work, to get there. Yeah, but um, at least maybe as a woman then there's no one to actually yeah, look at sure. and be like, okay, yeah. this person's like doing what I want to mm-hmm. do. So that was quite intimidating because I was like, how am I going to, like, I need to be confident yeah. enough to sell it. Luckily, because I worked on Savaro, I actually worked for a black designer, mm-hmm. Oswald Boateng, who nice. was, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the only black designer on Savaro yeah, and he's he's been through it. <laughs> yeah, um, but I was, um, so I basically handled like production for the company and I'm processing like all the orders and I'm seeing mm-hmm. men come and spend four your grand on a suit yeah like and i would go to mm. him we had a great relationship and the cfo as well and i'm like how do you do it mm. you're just like you have to be confident yeah. if you shake when you say the price is mm-hmm. 700 pounds they're not going to take you seriously yeah for sure you know you it's have position, to position isn't it yeah like, you position yourself yeah as that brand exactly mm. one thing i loved about oswald is that this guy always looks sharp like mm-hmm. even if he wore the same suit like two days in a row like he still looks so Good. He walked in, into the room so confident, like he could literally sell anything. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll have guys come over from the US and spend two hundred k in one shop, mm-hmm. and then bring their friends the next day and buy them stuff as well. Yeah, like it's not impossible. It's, it's not just that people wow. haven't seen it be done. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, whether I had seen or not, I'm still gonna go for it. But because I saw that, and I know that these guys have wives and they want clothes, yeah. then there's like there's no reason I can't for do sure. it too. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a lot of hard work. Yeah, and you have to kind of like work on your mentality. Yeah, it's breaking that barrier, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, kind of feel like. No, I 
got to stay in this, but mm. there's a whole much bigger world. Do you exactly. know what I'm saying? Mm. And people have money. And people it's true. Have so there's a lot of money, money you in this world. You just got to find your yeah. audience that Honestly. will pay, you know 100%. what I'm saying? It's literally just, yeah, once you find your audience, you're good. Like, now I can be like, okay, I'm going to release something. I know that my client um, in... Hampstead is going to like buy X amount of pieces because mm-hmm. you know you build those relationships and yeah it's so, easier so like now do you so just off the back of what you said about um, the, the guy you used to work with Oswald right mm-hmm. do you now think that you're basically a walking product so anywhere you go whether it's like Knightsbridge whether it's about to branch whether it's out with your friends you always have to basically look sharp you can't when you're maintain your brand, yeah. When you're the thing, quote, yeah. on, quote unquote in the in the public eye, yeah. Do you think you always have to basically look sharp? Like you have to because, especially because the brand's my name, mm-hmm. so I just can't look mad yeah. <laughs> if I'm going somewhere. So I always wear my own stuff mm-hmm. if I'm going like for dinner, um, or to like an event or something, mm-hmm. um, because you kind of have to anticipate that people ask you where's your outfit from mm-hmm. and you want to say it's yours because yeah. people ask you oh what do you do I can't say I'm a fashion designer and I'm wearing another yeah, brand that sure. sounds crazy yeah. Um, so yeah definitely especially if it's a luxury brand mm-hmm. um, and I think I'd, I've never I feel like I see some fashion brands and I just don't see like the the designer like living their brand sure. and I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I embody it mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm definitely Big on making there's, sure there's everything's only, consistent. There's only one other person that I know that lives and breathes his brand or their Gio. brand, and that's Gio. Yeah. Like, large up Gio. What he's doing, shout out extremes. You know what I'm saying, go grab that. Um, <laughs> and this, this leads me on to my next point, right? Um, this, now let's talk about branding. How have you built your brand? Because obviously, I, I, checked, I checked out your um, profile. You got like, what's like seven, eight thousand followers. And you're, you seem very intentional yeah. about it as well. Mm. I feel like it kind of happened yeah. like naturally. I don't feel like I planned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've archived like a lot of pictures. <laughs> so, um, but do you mean like in terms of like a personal brand? Like personal kind of brand, yeah. Just also your reputation as well. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like you said, it's in your name. How are you kind of able to kind of make sure that when people hear your name, it's already kind of good reviews, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nowadays we see a lot of problematic kind of things <laughs> surfacing and stuff like yeah. that. But how are you kind of navigating able to navigate and kind of build your brand and make sure that when people do hear your name is that luxurious brand that they can yeah. really pay a lot of money for if you know what I mean I feel like I stay out of a lot of stuff that's mm-hmm. online like on Twitter like I everyone will be tweeting about whatever's the topic of the day mm-hmm. and I'm there like oh my god I love dolphins like I'm just yeah. saying something completely random mm-hmm. um, I don't like to get into it like yeah, I think sure. it's all crazy um, so I'm very intentional in the, in, um, in the way I guess that like, I just want to be known for my work. Mm-hmm. I, I think I probably picked that up from Beyonce where, like, obviously now we know a bit more about her relationship with Jay-Z and yeah. stuff. But prior to that, it was always about her work. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any reason that anybody kind of needs to know me for anything yeah. else. Um, so I I think I've always been quite vulnerable and open on mm-hmm. social media as well about my journey. Yeah. And that's definitely helps, like, um, have, like, loyal supporters that mm-hmm. have literally been there from the beginning. Like, I always get, like, the sweetest messages um, from people. But... Um, I didn't actually plan to do it, but as I realized, oh, this is actually working. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Um, I guess on Twitter, I don't really understand why people like follow me there because I really don't really, I don't really tweet that much. Yeah. Um, but I think I show a lot of the process. And on Twitter, I feel like in order for your content to go viral, you need to show them how you did it. Yeah. And like you'll get so many retweets mm-hmm. and like all of that stuff, which you can, if you're smart, convert to sales or yeah. at least convert to leads. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't really show like my personal life. Like I was saying to my friend recently, 
you know, um, I feel like even on social media, it's very like image and people just want to yeah, see like all these fancy true. things. And mm. I get it, especially for a luxury brand, like I get it. But um, if I go to dinner, like, you don't really need to know where I'm going yeah, all the time. Sure. Like yeah. sometimes I'm going to snap it because it's a nice place, yeah. but I don't actually need to do all of that. Like mm. I'm here to just inspire people to sell my products mm-hmm. and to create a good life. So no, I get you now for real. Yeah, it's kind of knowing how to like what to share and kind of having yeah. that boundary there because you I see so many people oversharing stuff which is very unnecessary but yeah you also kind of mentioned like you said um being able to kind of build something that goes viral and then being able to convert it to leads and stuff like that so do you kind of have any marketing strategies that have really worked well for you or kind of like what's your process behind like a campaign or if you're dropping a new season like what's Mm -hmm. your what's your process in terms of putting it out there for the world to see yeah what I found that works is that people just want like authentic real content Mm -hmm. when I've tried to do the whole like fancy polished thing it doesn't work because it's so unrealistic Mm -hmm. so now that I've kind of caught on to what they want I'm like okay um let me make a design and take a picture in it and I'm gonna also like take some pictures of how I've made it um not in detail might be like two or three pictures Mm -hmm. a couple videos here and there and I'm just gonna post that and I know that it's going to do pretty yeah. well. Um, if I just post something without any like thought or whatever, it doesn't always like, well, yeah. it does okay, but not as well as it could. Yeah. Um, but um, that's kind of how I go about it right now. Yeah. When it comes to like luxury products, that's a bit more like in person. Mm-hmm. I have to like work really hard, go to like, for example, there was like a client that I have in Oxford in Surrey. And um the time that I was at her house this day, like she had a few of her friends over and all their husbands are like directors of Gatwick. So for, that's where I have to like do a lot more like, you know, networking yeah. kind of work. Mm. Um, Big business. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're the ones that are going to go and buy like all those luxury pieces or get something custom. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like the lounge line, it doesn't require so much like this needs to be done like this, this, this that. Yeah. It's literally just show people the process and create something aspirational. Mm-hmm. Um I was speaking with my dad about like the day when I sold like loads of pieces in one day. Mm-hmm. And he said he feels like what what did well for it is that I just took pictures like by my car on the streets. Like people just felt like yeah. that could be me. Because it's, it's real. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and then Every like day. you just add something little like have the roof down or whatever because then now they're thinking of their future. Like when they're maybe they'll get a convertible or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they can just like dream a bit bigger. Yeah, sure. Exactly. You just, yeah, so. No, that's good. I feel like Basically, it's just understanding your audience and making yeah. sure that whatever you're doing is something they can relate to, if yeah. you know what I mean. So, like, being a luxury brand, you're able to kind of provide them with that kind of luxury image that they can tap into as well. Yeah. Whether it's streetwear, maybe, like, if you're another streetwear brand, you can create something that people can rock and they can see themselves rocking it well as well. So, yeah. it just comes down to really being self-aware in a, in a sense. If yeah, you, just make if it you know realistic. I mean. Like, yeah. just let them see like where they would wear it if they actually went somewhere. The thing with streetwear brands is that they go and take pictures like by stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. there'll be like a girl and a or, guy. Like, of flats and stuff Yeah, like and they're yeah. like standing, looking down at the camera and I don't get it because I'm not aspiring to go and stand mm-hmm. by stairs either. But what do people want? They want to go to Hakkasan, they want to go to Novikov, Nobu, like everywhere. Yeah, they sure. want to go Radio Rooftop. Mm-hmm. Go and get people, go yourself and go and like pose and like wear a fly outfit mm-hmm. and people will buy it because they're thinking, oh, wow, like, if I get that, then I'm going to go hackers yeah. and I'm going to post this and then I'm going to, you know, that's how it's people like though, think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
for sure. You're basically feeding into the image lifestyle. Literally, like, that's it. Because that's what people want now that we're in our 20s and um, early 30s. Most people, like, they are literally thinking about their lifestyle, mm-hmm, whether yeah. they want it now or they have it now or something that they're aspiring to in the future. Yeah. And the small ways they can do it is by purchasing clothes. Mm. So, very so, um, what? So, how, how long have you been doing? For five about, years. Five years, right, okay. So, what have been the some of the biggest... No, actually, before we get onto that, what has been the most challenging thing you had to do so far? Mm, just the internal work, like yeah. all the mindset stuff. Mm-hmm. And like the hardest thing was learning that I had to take responsibility for my life. Yeah. Um, like I had a very like cushioned life mm-hmm. and my parents just like, my mom did everything. Mm-hmm. So I was just very relaxed. What age was that? What, when I learned? When you kind of decided that was taking responsibility for your life, like, because I also remember having that epiphany, and I'm like, shit, like everything clicked. Like, what age do you think that was? Uh, how do I? Twenty three, um, twenty. What brought you to that decision? Like, what made you kind of really deep it? Like, if you want this life, you're in charge of it, and you got to create it. Do you know what? It's because <laughs> I was going through a period where I literally thought like I had like bipolar or something. Like I literally thought that that was what's, that's what was going on with me. Like my mood swings were crazy. And um, I was actually going to go to a doctor and I was also dating someone who like, he was like, you know, white guy, private school, lived in Surrey, like nice life. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw something a bit more different to what I'm used to, Mm -hmm. like on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time there with his family and like all their friends and stuff. And I was like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And then my reality wasn't really like matching with it. Mm -hmm. And I remember once he just said to me, like, why don't you just deal with the situation? And I was just like, why don't I just deal with the situation? (laughs) Um, So I can't remember how exactly, but I remember I ended up reading, no, Reese Wavara posted The Obstacle is Away on Mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, So I bought the book. And I was like, this is probably something that I really need right now because it was all about hardships. And my life wasn't even like hard like that, but it was just more Relative like, rights. just being a bit yeah, spoiled, you know? Mm. Yeah, so um, I read that book and that changed everything for me. Like absolutely everything. Yeah, by Ryan Holiday, which is my favorite book ever. Mm, um, yeah, it's so good. It It'll changed in the dis- everything. description box below. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Down below. <laughs> But yeah, that was just like, whoa. And um, I read that. And that's actually when I went to get my job in Selfridges and just like fixed up things that I wasn't happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, it's an ongoing battle. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then after that comes like, okay, now I need to think about my relationship with money. What did my parents mm-hmm. say to me? How do I treat it? Yeah, your beliefs towards money. Yeah. That yeah. And, I, and, and that's something that I kind of really want to push people to do as well, like really question their beliefs about money. Like some people kind of feel as if they're not deserving of money or to get large amounts of money, you have to work extremely hard and you have to suffer. But this is kind of things we pick up as as we grow up. But really Mm -hmm. and truly, when you really dig deep, you Mm -hmm. kind of understand that you are deserving of money. You don't Mm -hmm. need to suffer for years to get money. Like there is abundance in the world as well. So it's really good that you kind of start questioning that kind of mindset as well. Just so like as you grow older, you have a healthy relationship with 
with money and you mm-hmm. kind of welcome money into your life. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're, you're luxury, you breathe it. So yeah. just really welcoming it into and changing you changing your mindset into a surplus kind mm-hmm. of mindset because yeah. yeah. yeah, you exactly. actually attract that when you one hundred percent. You have to you have to do it. Otherwise, you're actually just gonna be broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. not just about like it's attracting true. money. It's like you start to see opportunities mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the a lot of the reasons why people procrastinate, and I'll say mainly like with uh, people with parents from like ethnic minority yeah. backgrounds is that they've seen their parents work really hard yeah. and not really have anything mm-hmm. to show for it. Mm-hmm. So you don't even realize that, oh, I'm not working hard because you think you're being lazy. Yeah. But the truth is you're scared that if you work hard, you're going to be in the same position mm-hmm. as your parents. Yeah. And There's it's so those kind of like little yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. I have a client who... um like a consulting client mm-hmm. and she's from Russia and she was saying how like they were like dirt poor um, and like it was it was just a very horrible thing for them mm-hmm. there. Um, and when she came to my workshop that I did earlier, um, I said to, I played a video of this, I can't remember the guy, but he was talking about like poverty mindsets mm-hmm. and stuff. And that's when she started to realize like, oh, I think the rich are evil. Yeah, like that was yeah, actually sure. her perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're scared to make money because you yeah. don't want to be evil. Yeah. Exactly. It's all programming. And now she's every day saying her money affirmations yeah, and good. things like that. And yeah, it's, it's so important yeah, because you need sure. money and it doesn't matter what people mm-hmm. say. Money is extremely important. Exactly. You need Very, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. This pandemic should have taught everybody mm-hmm. have yeah. cash. Like you, you yeah, can't 100%. you can't think it's not important. It's 100%. very important. And like, like Remy said as well, the whole abundance mindset, like this, when you see kind of scarcity and you understand and you start feeling like someone else's success takes away mm-hmm. from yours or you can't, like money is something that is meant to flow. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of start understanding that as well. So I really do want to push people to kind of start questioning their beliefs about money and yeah. kind of mm-hmm. I was, even, I was even watching something yesterday, right? And there was a program on Channel 4. So basically, you have the top 1% in the country. They swap lives with the bottom 1%. Mm-hmm. And the, the rich lady, because his husband and wife and kids, yeah, the rich lady was like, damn, money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys you options. Mm-hmm. And bro, I felt that line. Bro. I felt that line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so true. Very true. 100%. But... Um, mm. We touched on it before, right? But, but how do you stay motivated? How do you ensure, you know, you're getting up every day, you're, you're doing what you're doing, staying mm. consistent? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. what, what's the, what's that driver? Mm. Oh, I don't believe in motivation. I always say it. Like, I feel like it's just, I don't like that word because it's, it's a myth. Yeah, like, motivation isn't real. Mm-hmm. It's a temporary feeling that you get, like, here mm-hmm. and there. You mm-hmm. can't predict it and it goes. Mm-hmm. And I can't rely on feeling motivated to finally do something. Word, so, word, word. and when, when people are motivated, they tweet about it mm-hmm. and they will post a picture of the house that they want to get. Yeah. They don't actually take advantage of the fact that they've got a lot of energy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now to like mm-hmm. work with. So keyword discipline, like mm-hmm. you have to be super, super disciplined and it's hard. Um, hence why it's discipline. But um, I feel like I'm very clear on what I want in mm-hmm. life. And um, the people around me are extremely like, they're just on it. Mm-hmm. I can't slack because yeah, sure. I'm not going to embarrass myself yeah, in the group. Sure. Um, well. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, I wake up. Now that I've got like a studio, it's, mm-hmm. it's easier because I have to I actually have to like go mm-hmm. to work. Um, but I'm, I've always been an early riser and I try to do like a routine in the morning yeah. um, if I'm like not super busy. And I just... I don't know. I always think, like, how would I feel when I go to bed? I want to feel really good yeah, and proud of myself. Sure. I've worked really hard. Um, so that's kind of like how I keep going. I listen to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love athletes. Mm-hmm. I love their mentality yeah. and stuff. So it's I like so to, yeah, yeah, listen to like their interviews. Like Lewis House has a great mm-hmm. podcast with School them. School of Great, Academy of Greatness. School of right? Greatness. Yeah. Um, so there's like loads of stuff I listen mm-hmm. to there, you know, and that just keeps me going. Like it's hard. Yeah. Like I always, I don't want to actually work mm-hmm. <laughs> most mm-hmm. of the time, but um, 
I'm not going to have the life that I want. I won't help the people yeah. I want to help. And the people that I'm inspiring now, it'll be such a shame if I don't make it because yeah. that's such a waste of their support yeah, as well. Sis, I, I you're really, you're you really, really no, spitting your gems. Like, honestly. Don't worry, you'll make it. No, 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 but I feel exactly the same way. Like I was watching um, The Last Dance, you know, with oh Michael gosh, Jordan. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, the gems yeah. that was dropped in... In that, like, yeah. in terms of, like, okay, I wouldn't say motiva- motivation because that's the wrong word to mm-hmm. use, but his, his work ethic, his, work ethic yeah. his mentality, like, mm. just, it's just, it's crazy I, I, I took some gems. Yeah, I was like, sure. no, I have to apply this for in my sure. own business. And I, yeah. and I, I said it before, right? a lot of people are motivated, but they just lack consistency. Mm-hmm. Oh, even yeah. execution. And, and, and execution is the, is the biggest one because mm-hmm. everything just starts with that one decision yeah. and then mm-hmm. it's a snowball effect. And 100%. even if you're feeling low, brother, Get up for exactly. and, and keep going. Yeah. Some people coming for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people actually they know how to plan, but mm-hmm. when it comes to the execution part, mm-hmm. they kind of just back away. Mm-hmm. So it's actually important 100%. to actually put it into. Uh, I just want to put yeah. it into place. Yeah, yeah for sure. Place, I just want to yeah. quickly touch on what it took to get your own office. Like, what is what is that as well? Because someone looking from the outside in could find it super overwhelming but you might have a huge goal towards like getting an office space but like you just made it happen so what was mm. the kind of process behind that so we well, can kind my of third one. debunk it oh nice <laughs> yeah so everyone thinks it's my first I've had like I had one before like Pekka which was mm-hmm. like the worst no I will never <laughs> sorry if you live in Pekka I'm sorry but hmm. <laughs> never again in my life to a point where like they locked me that there was all these aunties like downstairs um. and they, they locked the whole building because they thought I was going to take their customers oh, wow. and I was like I'm not making you all stuff like, yeah I yeah you're not making like, no trash <laughs> no, I just want to go home I had to call the police I was like I'm oh, wow. never coming back again yeah. um, then I had another one in Thamesmead which is like near where I live like a five minute drive from where I live mm. um Nice space, but the people were very messy mm-hmm. and clean. I'm um, sorry, um, unclean, unclean, yeah. yeah. And my room was lovely, but then, like, maybe you're just walking through the corridor, you see a mouse, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> and I was just no, like, clients, Yeah, exactly. Like, how can I bring clients over and they go to the toilet and there's a mouse? And mm-hmm. I'm petrified, so I can't even work in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll literally go home to use the toilet and come back because I was like, oh, I wow. saw a mouse in the toilet yeah. once. Yeah. Um, so I remember once I just had enough, I was like, Yeah, I'm defo, I'm out. Um, so I just worked at home for a while. It doesn't really take that much to get an office space per se. Obviously, you need like money. Yeah, like yeah. you need like I had to put down two months um, down, mm-hmm. which was like nine hundred pounds, so it was okay. Mm-hmm. But then I had to spend a lot of money on like equipment and, and stuff, yeah, yeah, refurbishing. Um, people let me down. Like there's all these like yeah, things. A man with a van, hundred. Like it was just yeah, a lot. <laughs> how did was, you find it though? Like how did you find these office office places? Okay, um, so this one I think. You know what? My friend moved into his own. For, he wraps cars. So he moved into his own in Essex. And he was telling me, and he was just like, you just need to get your own Bex. And I was just like, mm, October. Like that's that, In my mind, I thought I'd do in October. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just like, maybe we'll see how things go. But because he said that, I was just on right move having a look. Mm-hmm. And I saw some in like, so mine is in Kent. So I saw some in okay. Kent. And I was like, oh, this is a good price and a good size. Um, was trying to inquire, but people weren't really getting back to me. I don't know if it's like because of the pandemic and stuff. Probably. Yeah. Um, so I went on Gumtree and I was like looking in areas in Kent because I always thought I'd get one in Hackney um, or mm. somewhere around that area. But um, Kent, it's like literally, if not a third, then half of the price yeah. than it is yeah. like for these London places. Mm-hmm. And it's half an hour from where I live. Oh, so good. it's like 
It's very yeah. easy for me to get yeah. to. There's no traffic, like nothing. Um, so yeah, I just want to come to you, message them. I knew I was going to get it just because I'm very impulsive, yeah. but I just went to go and see it just to see it. Yeah. And my mom was like, I love it. We need to get this place. Yeah, da, da, da. And um, I just, yeah, messaged him the next day. I was just like, yeah, let me know. Like, look <laughs> out details do, yeah. and I'll do it. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So um, I also want you to quickly touch on the entry um, mm. of platform that you created. What's the... So like, what is it about? So like, our listeners can also get involved as well because mm-hmm. I do see a lot of good stuff um, that you're putting out there as well mm-hmm. that a lot of people could benefit from as well. Yeah, so I started the entry. Well, I started it before was actually the entry. So um, being self-employed, just to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so early in the year, I was like, okay, let me host some workshops and well, host one workshop um, to like help people like start a brand, like just mm-hmm. the foundations of things. And then we can like just take it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't have any intention to like grow it properly. Yeah. So I posted something literally on like Instagram and it sold out in like a day. And I was like, hmm, okay, I'm going to do another one the following week. And that sold out again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's doing good. Then I did a webinar because I had loads of people. Like yeah. most of my like customers, like 70%, 70% of our customers and uh, followings and stuff are like from the US. Yeah. So um, I wanted to make something a bit more accessible mm-hmm. for them yeah. as well. Um, so I did that. And then... COVID happened yeah. and I was like, hmm, <laughs> how do I make money again? So I basically made it into like an online course, mm-hmm. but I did it in the way where you like drip feed it. So you sell it first to make sure that people actually want it. Yeah. So I literally gave, just being impulsive again, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a course. And I gave myself two weeks to like figure things out. And um, then I gave myself one week to actually sell it. Mm-hmm. And I sold like 48 spaces. Amazing, amazing Thank you. Wow. Um, and uh, I actually wanted 100, but I'm so happy I didn't get it. But anyways, next time. <laughs> yeah, um, <definitely>. 48 <laughs> is still good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so did that. Um, and every week I'll basically create the content as I went because it's very hard to like do it in mm-hmm. one go. And also you get to learn like as you're doing it. So I... And I had like weekly lives mm-hmm. um, with my students and everything. So that was really cool. And so it touched on um, mindset was the first module, yeah. fa- um, designing the collection, fashion production, marketing and PR, business systems, productivity, um, finance. Yeah. I think that's it actually. Yeah, seven so modules. Um, and then it ended with a one-to-one call. Nice. Um, I charged it. It was quite low. It was like 69 to 99 pounds. Mm-hmm. But that was because I wanted to get as many people in and just try and get a lot of feedback from it. Yeah. And then when I do it again in like October, I can charge what they tell me it's mm-hmm. worth. And they're saying like yeah. 200 pounds, 250. But at least I've got like yeah, evidence to say sure. this is what people think it's worth. Mm-hmm. And this is their That's testimonials. Really um, but for me, it's just everything I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I truly think... Each one, teach one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I truly think like whatever business you have, it's literally just mindset. Mm-hmm. If you don't think you're going to make it, you're not going to make it. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's not to say that I feel confident. I've, I don't really feel that confident a lot of the times, but I still like push mm-hmm. myself. Um, and I feel like that's where a lot of designers just are lacking. Like they yeah. don't have the right mindset. They have creativity, mm-hmm. but they're just not ready to like really put that into a business. And people always ask me, like, oh, when's the right time to leave your job and do all of that yeah. stuff? It's not when you have loads of money saved mm-hmm. up. It's when you're mentally ready because yeah, sure. your money can go. And then yeah, what? Facts. You know, yeah. I've spent so much money like on myself and like on the business and stuff. Like I could not rely on just having cash in the bank because mm-hmm. I was going to have to spend it. Mm-hmm. But, so it's more like I need to make sure that if something bad happens, it's not a good month or whatever, I'm mentally ready to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, like sure. cash is not going to help you. You need no, to yeah. fail and you need to be in like really tough situations for you to actually like learn no, things. 100, 100% agree. That's, that's amazing. So what's kind of the... 
the big goal for you, the end goal with everything you're doing, Rebecca Tembo, the mm. entry as well. What's yeah. kind of the, the end goal with that? Um, with Rebecca Tembo, I'm, I don't want to sell it. So mm-hmm. I want it to be like a lifelong thing. I don't cool. see myself like retiring, don't have that kind of aspiration mm-hmm. yet at least. Um, but I've always wanted it to have like a 200 million valuation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll say in the next 10 years, I want to be turning over eight figures consistently oh, every weekend. Really <laughs> um, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'll say in three to five years, definitely want to be making seven figures like yeah, consistently sure. and only want to be stocked in Netta Porter. I just like, I just love their like yeah. whole thing. Mm. Um, but ultimately, yeah, just be like a, I don't want to be Gucci. I don't want to be, I don't mm-hmm. want to be that size because that's very political. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be big enough where like, people know the brand and respect the brand and um, we're serving people that are on the come up and we're serving people that are extremely, extremely wealthy. Um, And I want to be a brand that can give back to people in some way. Um, Like I love, I I mean, when it comes to like the word privilege, I always think about our privilege of just being on the Western side of the world. Um, And like I know I have family back home who would love to do fashion mm-hmm. and it's, it's not gonna well I'll hopefully help them yeah, sure. but if I wasn't there they wouldn't really have the opportunity mm-hmm. to really do anything so my thing is like I want to build art schools and oh, stuff like that in Africa amazing. where I can help them and help the kids in India that are dying because of these factories like mm-hmm. actually build proper factories yeah. that they can work in um, and then with the entry I just want it to be the biggest platform for yeah. aspiring designers and like do um, international summits and make loads of money as well um but i want to i want to basically create a platform where i have um independent designers coming through and they're leaving making like six figure salaries for themselves yeah. personally like mm-hmm. not even the business so, just themselves like they're making six figures i don't want them to struggle no, it's not like we live exactly. once so, yeah. no that's yeah. amazing that and we wholeheartedly believe you you've achieved that as Thank well you. so we're rooting for you um so where can our followers find you yeah, um man. the entry rebecca tembo just uh, give yourself a big shout out Okay, so my Instagram is Rebecca Tembo underscore, and that's my Twitter as well. Um, the business Instagram is Rebecca Tembo official, and the entry is the entry underscore platform on Instagram. Cool. cool. Yeah. Make sure you follow, make sure you make like, sure. make sure you make a purchase as well, <laughs> repost the stuff. You know what I'm saying? And also, yeah. like, subscribe, and comment, all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, before we wrap up, we always have like a word of the week. So, mm. what's your word for the week coming for our listeners and for yourself? Is it just a random word? Yeah. Any, any word that's anything, in your mind. Anything that, oh. that means something to you. Leadership. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And remember, Finger we snaps. said empathetic leaders and emotional intelligent leaders as well. So yeah, no, that's dope. Leadership. Yeah. Um, Focus on things that move the needle. <laughs> Make sure you like, subscribe and comment. Yeah. Um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, leave us, well, leave us a review. Again, give us feedback. Um, do you know what I'm saying? And it's how we're doing. Yeah. And... Reach out to us, shoot us a mail. If you want to come on, shout yeah. us. But a big thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, we man. really enjoyed it. It's been a, it's been a and we love all the work you're doing me. as well. No, no problem at all. Thank but so thanks much. for listening, guys. Nice to, to see you again. Or whatever, whatever <laughs> all that good <laughs> stuff, man. All that good stuff. But take care. Have a great week. And remember to focus on things that move the needle. Bow. Bow.